0: You are listening to the Reality Steve Podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind-the-scenes juice on Hannah's season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve.
1: All right, what's up everybody? Welcome to podcast number 139. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are coming up a little past two and a half years of doing these podcasts. No thanks to you, everybody, for coming on and listening and downloading and subscribing. We're over 11 million downloads since I started this back in, what is, December of... What, 16 is when we started this? Gosh... A long time ago, I'm giving you at least one every week since December of 16. Anyway, this podcast is brought to you by Protein One. When hunger strikes, just remember these set of numbers, 90-10-1. 90 calories, 10 grams of protein, 1 gram of sugar. These are the numbers of Protein One, a bar that fills you up without loading you up. It's available in four tasty flavors that are going to help you kick your cravings. Try Protein One for your next snack emergency. It's available at all major retails, Walmart, Target, local grocery store, and Amazon. So our guest this week, Vienna Girardi, who was a villain on Jake Pavelka's season, which we talk about in today's podcast, and Vienna's had a hell of a run on the show. She had a, she's had a very tragic incident a couple summers ago. And like I, I, I've been teasing and saying, it's been a long time coming to get Vienna. I reached out to her over two years ago. And we were going back and forth, and then this incident happened in the summer of twenty seventeen. So obviously I didn't hit her up for hey, come on the podcast. I waited. I think about nine months later is when I contacted her. Um she said she would do it, and then we just didn't coordinate schedules or she wouldn't respond, or it just it didn't happen. And then when you heard Olivia Creedy on the podcast a few weeks ago, you know, I had promoted the fact that Vienna went on hers, and I was like, Great. Congratulations. I've been trying to get her for two years. And then Vienna actually reached out to me after she did, um, uh, Olivia's and was like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, okay. So, um, we cover everything. We cover Jake and her character on that show. We cover their post-show relationship, which is just unbelievable to hear about. Yes. Yes. You know the one incident from this franchise that I constantly remind you of and constantly giggle at, even though it wasn't funny in the moment, which was the Jake and Vienna breakup at the mansion televised with Chris Harrison sitting there and Jake raising his voice saying, please stop interrupting me. Um, You know, I've brought that up so many times over the years, but I kind of bring it up a little more serious with Vienna to ask how she felt in that moment. Um. We do talk about the fact that Vienna lost her daughters, twin daughters, in the summer of 2017. I did not know how it was going to go. I told her before we went on and started recording, I was going to bring it up, and I said, talk however you want about it. If you want to talk about it for 10 seconds, I'm fine with that. It was a good 10 minutes, and she really opened up about what went on, and um, sure, it got emotional. I don't know how anybody can not get emotional talking about losing uh, a child during childbirth um you know she lost her twin daughters at five months and it was awful uh and just the stories that she tells around it and um the fact that it came a week or two weeks after she had just done a spread in us weekly doing uh, covering her baby gender reveal party it's a lot it's a lot to take in but i really hope uh you i'm really glad you get to hear it and i'm so glad that she was able to share it with us so um Let's just get started with Vienna. So uh, before one one quick thing. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast. You've been doing a great job of that. So keep it going. But um, without any further ado, let's just get to it. Podcast number 139 with Vienna Girardi. All right. Let's uh, welcome in our guest. You first saw her on Jake's season of The Bachelor and then on Bachelor Pad season two. Long time coming. It's Vienna Girardi. Vienna, how are you?
0: hi steve thanks for having
1: me on no no problem um i know you uh recently did an interview and we're going to kind of revisit a lot of the things and talk about some other things but um let's go back to your bachelor days which god that was a long <laughs> time ago like this was you filmed jake's season in 2011 no no 10
0: i filmed in 2009 it uh, aired it in, in
1: 2010.
0: It's okay. been a decade since I filmed The Bachelor. Holy and shit. I can't even believe it's been that long.
1: Oh my God. Yeah, that's right. It, it mm-hmm. filmed in September to November of 2009 and aired in yep. January of 2010.
0: Okay. Yep. I, I literally graduated from college May of '09, And uh, three, four months later, I'm in LA filming The Bachelor. It was.
1: <laughs> that must have been crazy.
0: <laughs> Pretty nuts. Yeah.
1: Okay, so had you watched Ali's season? Like, what were your impressions of Jake going in?
0: Um, going on the show?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, no, I actually had never watched – I don't watch reality TV, so I had never even seen The Bachelor ever. <laughs> um, my stepmom, Lisa, is a, a big Bachelor fan. Well, let her phrase that. <clears throat> she was a big Bachelor fan. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I had been in a long-term relationship with a guy for – years and years and years, um, you know, since high school. And when I had graduated him and I had, had recently broken up and she said, well, you know, maybe this is your chance to, you know, go do something fun and go see the world and go travel and stuff. You just graduated and you're single. And, um, I guess she, cause I, I had no clue about this and she had heard that they were doing these auditions here in Orlando. And so she actually put everything together for me and set up my entire audition uh, I had no clue what I was getting myself into, and, and she calls me up and she said, well, "What are you doing right now?" And I was, you know, in my in my dorm room, and I said, not nothing." You know? and uh, she said, uh, "Well, you think you could be at this location in downtown and..." and- an hour and I said, uh, it's pouring rainy out, but but I could try. What, what am I doing? <laughs> she goes, well, I got you an audition on this show called The Bachelor. You know that show that I like? And I'm like, oh, Jesus. I'm like, well, tell me what this, what's this about? Like, how, how does the show work? And, you know, she tried to explain it to you a little bit and I was like, yeah, right, forget it. I'll just go, I'll go see what, see what this is about. So, um, so, and I showed up to the location. There was all these girls dressed up and, you know, these sexy dresses and decked out like, you know, to the nines and, uh, I show up and I I think I'm in like jeans and I have an umbrella and, you know, kind of like, kind of a little lost, like what's happening right now. And, uh, I sat down at the bar and grabbed a glass of wine and I just started chit and chat with a girl sitting next to me named Ashley. And, um, I, they give us these piece of papers and I don't know if they still do this, but this is what they used to do. And it just has like a couple of questions on it. It was like, where's your dream date? If you could go anywhere in the world, where would, it, where would you go? And just, you know, just these kind of cheesy things. And, um i of course started answering them how yeah, i don't want to answer them because if you know me you'll know i'm a big sci-fi nerd i'm a complete weirdo my favorite shows are like ancient alien and, and i love anything about like ancient civilizations and stuff and aliens so um i wrote down you know my, my ideal date if i could go anywhere in the world is I, I want to go to egypt i want to see these pyramids and i started elaborating on this and next we were kind of laughing and um you know just being funny and yeah. she ends up leaving. And when I went into my audition, it was actually in the movie theater. So you you walk down the, the movie theater. So you don't see anything. And then when you get to the end, there's a, you know, a lady sitting on a, a stool, a stool in front of her and a camera. And the lady who I was sitting out at, at the bar, you know, BSing with this whole time and laughing and just, you know, being ridiculous with was the producer. And so, oh. yeah, that's kind of how I got casted.
1: Well, there you go. And you know, at Girl. what point during this process did you first hear the name Jake Pavelka, and were you attracted to him? Was he someone that I you had found no attractive? Clue who or he any, was no clue. Uh,
0: wow, I had no clue who he was. I knew nothing about him. You know his past. I never watched um, the season prior, so I didn't know who he was. I had no um, going into the show. I had no preconceived um, idea of him. I knew nothing. Okay. I didn't know who he was until the moment I walked up and you know met him. That was the first time knowing or meeting Jake Pavelka was walking up. Um, Crazy. My first reaction was uh, he looked like a good old American boy. Yeah. Um, he was a lot smaller than I <laughs> had thought that they would ha- like. Um, I don't want to sound mean saying that, but. You know, as a woman, you know I walked up and wearing heels, and I kind of felt like I was looking at him eye to eye, and I was like, eh. yeah. just to give you an idea, my boyfriend is six seven. <laughs> my boyfriend is six seven, so yeah. uh, probably not my ideal guy. Being, I don't know what he is. What is he like?
1: Five eight? Yeah. Well, there's a maybe you can put to rest this rumor, or maybe it's not a rumor. Over the years, there has been talk that Jake wears lifts in his shoes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is there any truth to that?
0: Um. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I think we have our answer.
1: <laughs>
0: Sorry. No. Well, what I can tell you, no, I don't want to talk smack, but I can tell you that there were several occasions where the women had to take their shoes off and they put him on a box. <laughs>
1: A box. yeah oh my god! To sit this on is almost box. like this is almost like when you take your class picture and they have you sit on phone books or something like that. Okay. Yeah. So. All right. So yeah. as we get into the show, I'm not going to sit here and go over all the dates and stuff like that that I do with more recent contestants because it's more fresh in people's mind what people did. Yeah, I don't, I can, I don't even
0: remember half the stuff, <laughs> but I will try to remember as much as I can for you. So
1: you, I mean, you were considered as what some would classify on your season as a villain. Is that fair?
0: Uh, I, I don't think it was fair, but it's accurate. Yeah, what, that's what, you that's know, what, what I meant. They portrayed like, me as. I should have said
1: accurate. But um, you, you know,
0: you you also have to realize that, and, and this is how I've had to finally interpret it: is that if you watch my season, there was nothing that I did that was mean, or you know, I never said anything mean to anybody. I never did anything mean. It was just what they portrayed me as. And you know, when you have to look at the final two girls at the end of anything, there's good and bad. That's what they want. Yeah. Well, it was between Tenley and I. Yeah.
1: And she's, you have she's a virgin, an
0: innocent virgin. The other, who it doesn't matter who I, who this other girl was, whether it was me or anyone else, would have had to have been the villain. That's it. There's there's only two roles to play: the good and the, you know the villain and the, the innocent one. There was no way around her not being the innocent one. So anyone that was against her would be portrayed as not the innocent one, not not the good one. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well I think I think one of the things is also with this show, there's levels of villainy. There's guys that totally act like assholes and women that are just total bitches in the house. And like you said, you weren't any of that. It just seems like your role was the one where I mean, I know you made friends in the house, but weren't you kind of uh, kind of doing your own thing and like, look, I'm not here to you know, play Kumbaya with all of you. I'm here for Jake. Like I'm interested in where this goes. It seems like that was the villainy role that you got.
0: Yeah. The girls I have, a, I've always, my entire life, I had a hard time connecting with girls. Okay. Um, I grew up in a farm town. I grew up with a bunch of guys, you know, I didn't play dolls growing up. I rode dirt bikes and four wheelers and flagged football. And I was a wrestler in high school. So, um, I wasn't a girly girl. I didn't know how to wear makeup. I didn't know how to do my hair. um, so for me, I I almost felt like really it wasn't that I didn't want to be friends with them. It's I didn't know how to be friends with them, and I I was really uncomfortable because I felt like I was in a, a house full of these just beautiful, well put together girls, and I'm this 22 year old farm girl who you know would wake up and put my hair in a bun or in a ponytail, and I wouldn't put my you no know, makeup on my face, and I would just go lay out by the pool and hang out, yeah. and. I wasn't like them and I didn't know how to be like them. So it was hard for me to just connect with them. And and that's what it was. It wasn't that I was mean to them or I didn't want to, I didn't know how to.
1: Yeah, no, that that makes sense. Like I said, it's, there's different levels of villainy and you were just the one that just didn't fit in. Like the show really wasn't for someone made for someone like you, but yet here you are, you're getting roses every week. Things are going well for you. Um, is was there a moment, though, in the show where at any point you were just like, I don't want to I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to do this. I want to leave.
0: Um. Not really. I, I okay. mean, I really didn't have I think from the perspective that you guys see, because you're only seeing one hour of hundreds of hours that are being filmed. Right. Yeah. So you're only seeing that little bit of whatever the bad is. Right. Um. For the most part, I really enjoyed being on the show. I mean, I had a really fun time, and I did make friends on the show, and I did enjoy myself. Um, I may not have been the most popular girl on the show and had, you know, like like Allie was where everyone just loved me and we all hung out together, yeah. but I still had friends on the show, and I still enjoyed what I was doing. It was the most exciting thing I'd ever done in my entire life. Um, you know, I come from a poor family, and that kind of opportunity I would have never had If I hadn't done The Bachelor. So for me, I just, I really appreciated everything that I did on the show. Everywhere I went, every dinner I had, like I embraced it and just appreciated it. So for me, it was a really fun experience.
1: That's crazy because when it aired, it was just like Vienna the villain and oh my gosh, how is is he keeping her around? She doesn't get with anybody in the house and like it's just a totally different experience. At any point Mm -hmm. during the show... When you were filming, did you were, were, did you ever think to yourself, I don't I don't know if I'm going to be portrayed very well or? I uh, it... yes. Okay.
0: There was a moment. Yes, there was actually a moment when um I realized that they had started uh putting the girls against me and, and Jessica. Uh, I, I forget her last name. Dr. Jessica. She was from Canada. She came up to me because she was one of my friends on the show, and she said, "Listen," she goes, "I haven't gotten a lot of airtime, and the producers asked me to." Say something about you And I said it But I want you to know That they told me To say this Like I, I want you Like I don't want you To get upset with me When you see it And that was the moment When I realized That they had Some ulterior motives mm-hmm. And I was already prepared So the, my girlfriends In the house They had kind of Prepared me for What the producers Were already doing
1: Gotcha Yeah So the final rose ceremony Day comes up In St. Lucia When you woke up that morning, did you have a feeling you were going to get engaged to Jake that day? Oh, I 100%
0: knew. Oh, you knew? There was no doubt in my mind. Um, They actually, when they were filming in my room... Um, they kept saying, well, what if he doesn't pick you? And, and they kept trying to get like this. um They wanted me to like get upset and cry. And they wanted this like, you know, emotion from me. And I said, no, that's not what's going to happen. I know he's going to propose to me. And they're like, well, we, we need something from you. And they were getting really frustrated. And they literally had me in this room with no AC and this treetop. And we went over and over this for hours until I finally had to give them some kind of Okay, here's the here's some fake emotion of what if he doesn't pick me kind of thing. Because they wouldn't stop until they got what they wanted.
1: So you knew because what? Did he did he tell you on the overnight date or you just got a sense?
0: Well, so I Gia was only there because they basically asked Gia to stay. Gia was ready to leave the show way prior to the final three and Gia was literally one of my best friends. So yeah. um I already knew it wasn't her. They, they, she had actually told me that the two of them had talked about me during their overnight date. Um, so she was more like my ally in the final three than competition. Um, Tenley, Jake had, Jake and I had spoken about Tenley and he thought she was a really, really sweet girl. Um, but he said, you know, when they, when they kissed there, there wasn't a spark. There wasn't that, um, the feeling that you feel when you actually have a connection with a person, it it felt too forced. Yeah. Uh, So from that process of elimination, I knew what was going to be me.
1: So hearing you talk about this, I just want to, I guess I want to ask, and I don't even know if I need to ask because I think I know the answer, but when you got engaged, you seemed like you were happy that day. Like you were like really into this and really into him.
0: Yeah, I was, you know, on the show, Jake was a completely different person. Um, But I also only saw the portions of him that he wanted me to see. You know, when you're, when you're only with a person when they're on camera, they know to only show you their good sides. So I was only seeing Jake for what Jake wanted me to see. I was also seeing him how the producers wanted him to dress, how they wanted him to talk, how they wanted him to act, where they, where they chose dates. So in a normal circumstance, you know, circumstance where I would have met Jake out in the normal world, you know. Yeah meeting in a coffee shop the way he dressed and the way he talked and the way he acted wasn't who he was on the show and he was probably someone that i would have never even given my number to out there mm-hmm. um so coming off the show and realizing that that person that you thought that you knew and you thought you had built this relationship with was a completely different person it was really astonishing for me. Like it, it, like just it felt like I just hit a wall of who is this person, who is this guy, um, and that was at my very the very first overnight date or um, like we had like a weekend overnight where we get to see each other the first time after filming
1: the happy couple visit.
0: Yeah, the happy couple visit, and it was that very first time at the house that I realized, wow, I, I don't know this guy at all.
1: All right, take a break. One advertiser this week, and it is Protein 1. Your stomach is rumbling. You need to something to fill it. Hunger strikes so aggressively, it's easy to grab for the nearest snack, whether it's donuts in the break room, which are excellent, bag of vending machine goodies, another top one, a muffin in the downstairs cafe, I love me some blueberry muffins. When you're in need of a quick, tasty treat, there's only one set of numbers you need to remember, and that's 90-10-1. 90 calories, 10 grams of protein, one gram of sugar. These are the numbers of protein water bar that's going to fill you up without loading you up. It's available in tasty flavors that are going to help kick your cravings. Chocolate chip, peanut butter chocolate, chocolate fudge, and strawberries and cream. I've had these in the morning now when I wake up and it gets me going. I like the peanut butter chocolate now. That's probably moved to the front of the line in terms of my favorite uh, flavor. Strawberries and cream, is probably down to number two. Sorry, strawberries and cream. We had a run there. It was it was good while it lasted. Um, they're still good. Just I really like that peanut butter chocolate. Anyway, um, it wakes me up in the morning, and it doesn't load you up at all. So try it out. Try Protein 1 for your next snack emergency, please. Available at all major retails, Walmart, Target, local grocery store, and Amazon. But now let's get back to Vienna Girardi uninterrupted for the remainder of the podcast. So let's move into the post-show relationship. After his season ended, ended airing, um, he pretty much went right into Dancing with the Stars. And at the time, you put up a you put up a good front. You were supportive. You were at a lot of the shows, if not all of them. But deep down, would you say that's where kind of the problems started?
0: No, um, from the happy couple date. I mean, oh, that's where laterally. we weren't sleeping together. We it was a very uncomfortable. Um, just uncomfortable being around each other. We didn't see eye to eye on almost everything. Hmm. The things that matter when it comes to careers, when it comes to religion, when it came to politics, when it came to children, and when it came to our families, nothing aligned. It didn't. You know, so I realized at that point that there, this, there's no way that this is ever going to work out. But you can't break up until the final airing of The Bachelor. So we basically have to put on this front for this entire season, we have to go to good morning America. We have to go do all this stuff, pretending like we're a happy couple. And then, you know, he got put on dancing with the stars and he wanted me out there with him. And it's like, I didn't even get a chance to breathe. Um, and then that was a complete nightmare. You know, when I moved in with him out there to do With the stars, we lived in an apartment and um, you know, from the very, you know, first month we were there, I I was thinking, How do I get the heck out of here? I cannot be around this man any longer. And so I basically moved in with my girlfriend on a couch while he was gone and just said, I I need away from him. And that's when the threat started. And the bachelor people were mad and they said that. If you two are going to not be together, you have to come and do a formal on-air breakup. Period. And at the time, I was really scared. I, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Um, that's, so after a while, uh, they finally like basically found me and had me go do this on-air breakup, and that's how that got to where it was.
1: Okay, we'll we'll get to the on-air breakup in a second because I've got some questions about the stuff pre before we get to that point. Okay, it's funny that you mentioned the um. When you say to me we couldn't break up you know until the finale was that contractually or it was just like you had this pressure to stay because I don't know if you're paying attention to this season but it already it definitely happened this season so they're allowing it now um, um, <laughs> but um were you the just The way that
0: they portrayed it is that it was contractually and I was young and I didn't understand and Okay. The way that it was portrayed to me was basically like you you have to be together until the the finale until the show is aired and everything of it because they don't want things to get ruined yeah. you know they don't want people you know thinking that we're already broken up and they want us doing all of our publicity sh- you know shows together and everything afterwards so they i mean they want their whatever you know yeah. out of it so
1: <laughs> so when it when it started airing in January well, actually, you guys got engaged around right before Thanksgiving of of 09. So, yeah. from Thanksgiving of 09 till the finale in March of 2010, yeah. you you obviously have to keep things a secret and you have to be a, you know, I, I mean, I had spoiled your season that he was engaged to you, but it was it was one of these things where you have to keep it a secret. However, you said first home first happy couple visit, it was a disaster. Yeah. So, how many Mid November to the f- finale night airing, how many happy couple visits did you do? You remember having? Did you just stop doing them because you were like, I don't um, want to be around it? Or you guys tried? And well, it just no, because when we
0: went, we had to work with talk to the producers. We had to redo um, like in the moments that we had. So it wasn't yeah. just a happy couple. Like we were actually doing stuff while we were out there. Um, we didn't have very many. Uh, I want to say we had like one a month. So maybe like four, maybe five. Okay. Um, there wasn't a lot of them.
1: Now, when was it during that time? The few times that you saw him while the show was airing, that you started to realize that Jake was interested in a TV career, and this whole pilot thing yeah. was wasn't really something he wanted to do. Like when you say, "This is where I started seeing a different side." Is that what we're talking about?
0: Um, that and and other weird things <laughs> that I don't want to elaborate on. Um, I just I think that he has some issues. Yeah, he just has some issues and a lot of red flags. There was a lot of red flags, scary red flags that I just I I didn't want to be around a person like that. So, um, and I felt uncomfortable around him.
1: When Dancing with the Stars ended, you guys still I believe lasted another six months or so, right? Or maybe
0: no, 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 no. We separated. While he was on Dance with the Stars, we had separated. I moved out of the apartment that we lived in for dance. They put you in an apartment yeah. when you're on Dance with the Stars. I actually moved out of that apartment um, and moved in with a girlfriend. But people didn't know that. Oh, they didn't our, know that our breakup wasn't publicized, right? So I moved out already, and we were separated. And that's when the Bachelor people were saying, "You have." to do a breakup on the next thing you have to come do a live for like you have to do it on tv if you want to break up it has to be on tv so we were separated for months before we actually did a breakup and i was the one saying no 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 i don't want to do this i don't ever want to see this guy again no so that's when all these rumors get out oh vienna's cheating vienna went to this thing vienna was here and i'm thinking we're separated we don't live together like we're broken up so just because you see me out, like I went to um, a charity event for the cancer, um, it was um, like a cancer research and it was children that we threw them a prom, like a, a thing and we went and it was a bunch of other, you know, celebrities and we had been dress up in prom dresses and we had dinners and dances and stuff. We were all there and, you know, I was out there dancing with all these people and, Somebody got a whiff of this and said, look, Vienna was dancing with somebody at this event and really was at a children's hospital, right? Yeah. But at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, the world doesn't realize that Jake and I are broken up.
1: Yeah.
0: And that, that's when I said, wow, I'm looking like a complete jerk because the world doesn't know we're separated. So all they're saying is they're thinking I'm out doing whatever, whatever. And then that's when I said, okay, so I get, I, I have to do this breakup. I have to go do this
1: breakup.
0: Otherwise, people are going to think that Jake and I are still together.
1: Yeah, I pulled up that story uh, because I wanted to remember it. Children's Hospital (laughs) of Orange County's Oncology Prom. Yeah. And the guy that you were linked to was Gregory Michael from Greek. (laughs) And everyone was like, oh, they were hanging out. They were all over each other. There were were stories you were making out with this guy. And, I mean, maybe you were because you were technically broken up with Jake. You could have done it. It just wouldn't have looked good television-wise. So. I mean that's But that's
0: it was a picture of us at the event. Yeah. That was I actually met him there. That's where I met that guy. So I didn't go with him there. There was a bunch of people out there dancing on the dance floor, but that was where the story popped up. Okay. But exactly. Jake and I had been separated and but nobody knew.
1: That's right. I got my dates mixed up because I mean your finale aired in March of two thousand ten. Jake starts to go on dancing with the stars basically right then, March through June or whatever, and then your breakup was in July okay so let's talk about this sit down interview because this is I mean if you ask any longtime fan of this show um that moment that you know I'm gonna be talking about is mm-hmm. is etched in everybody's mind I anybody that's followed my site over the years knows that this is uh, a classic line that I always bring up you know um
0: don't undermine me no,
1: <laughs> no you don't you don't even know the correct line it's please stop interrupting me with the hand raised that's there was that line oh, where he, he yelled.
0: Oh, His other one was don't undermine me yeah. was the other thing he used to tell me all the time.
1: So, okay. So before that all happened, before the actual sit down happened, they actually had the whole who sold their story to a tabloid first. And Jake said, well, she did it because she wanted to get paid. And you were saying, I only did it because I knew that you would lie to them. So I wanted to get mm-hmm. my story out there. So yep. I don't know who did it first. And it's, you know, it was, it
0: was ten- me. I did it. He's right. I did do it first. I did it first. Because I moved out of our apartment okay. and I knew that he had the Bachelor franchise backing him up. So no matter what, it, I was going to be the bad guy if I left Jake. They'd already make me a villain. So leaving him, I'd already be the bad guy. So I had a, um, a friend who connected me with a magazine and I said, listen, this is what's going on. I, I need this story out. I need people to know that we're not together any longer and I need them to understand why. I, I need them to hear my story. And so they agreed to do my interview, uh, which we did. Jake found out the the day before it was supposed to go onto, like, the shelves, he found out. And the Bachelor franchise managed to get People Magazine to do his story within, like, a couple hours and have it in the magazines like this.
1: Wow. Okay, yep. So it was one of these things where he didn't want you to get the upper hand by having your story yep. out for X amount of days before he even got to talk. Exactly. All right. So <laughs> – I mean this particular sit down was literally one of the most uncomfortable things I think anybody has ever watched before it was It was really difficult to watch um sure. but however, a lot of stuff was. Was talked about and was shown. There was there was some pettiness going back and forth about all the things that you guys disagreed with on in your relationship. Like you said, you just never agreed on anything. He's talking about how you didn't pick up after your dog, and you're telling him that you know, hey, I thought you were a pilot, like dude, what's? <laughs> it was kind of funny how you called him out because you have were a like, job. like I thought we were going to go back to Dallas and live a normal life. You're in L.A. pursuing an acting career. Like what happened to the yeah. whole pilot thing? I thought I was engaged to a pilot. Um, yeah, I mean, it was really. It was it was crazy. I mean, it was just uh, but the the please stop interrupting me. I've made a joke out of it over the years because I just couldn't believe someone that wanted to get us to believe that you were the one that was, you know, so bad in the relationship would raise his voice like that to you and demean you in front of a national audience like he lost all credibility when he screamed at you and raised his arm in, in front of America. However, taking the serious side of this. Honestly, were you scared in that moment?
0: Yeah, I I was scared of him to the point where I didn't want to do that breakup. Um, Jake has a tendency to um, act very scary. Um, He would hit the walls. He would throw things at me. So, you know, if we were doing interviews, he would hold my hand. And um, he wanted to always be in control of what I said and what I did. So he had to have a way to control whatever it was. And anytime we would be on like a red carpet, um, he would sometimes he'd put his hand like holding my hand and he would squeeze my hand as hard as he possibly could to get me to stop talking at times Ugh. or if I said something he didn't like. And I was, I was scared being in the apartment with him. And that was the reason that I wanted to get away from him as fast and quick as possible. Um, I felt scared being alone with him. Uh, so,
1: so it was almost like they threatened you to do the show. Like they were just like, look, we're not going to let you out of this. You're not going to end the relationship yeah, based on Yeah, they were a like, it's story. in your
0: contract. You have to do this. Like they went on and on about it. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I got forced into doing it. I, I realized that um, it was something I didn't need to do. I, I didn't need to publicly, the public didn't need you to know. We were broken up, but. Doing it with him there, I, I did not want to be anywhere near that guy. Um, yeah. He also, he just, he belittled me all the time. You know, he would just, he, I, I'm a college graduate. I wasn't an idiot by any means. Um, most people don't even know much about me. Um, I had a full-ride academic scholarship to any Florida school of my choice. I'm not stupid at all, um, unlike what the bachelor portrayed me at. But Jake had a way of just making me think that I was just pathetic and nothing because of what people thought of me and because of what they said, like, you know, how they portrayed me. And he liked that. He, he wanted people to think that I was a dumb hooters girl. You know, he didn't want them to think that I was this college graduate and that I had these goals and that I was smart. He, he didn't. He liked that upper hand. Um, he also would always say, that, don't undermine me. So if I ever questioned anything he was doing or... Tried to do anything—that's what it was. Don't undermine me, which is what a parent would say to a child, you know.
1: Yeah. Um, so, well, he even said during the interview, the undermining part. He used that as almost a, well, that's why I don't have sex with her because why would you want to have sex with someone who treats you like who, the way she treats me and under and you know you under you, he was saying you undermined him, so that's why he didn't want to have sex with you and stuff no. like that, and you treated him poorly and.
0: Him thinking me undermining him is uh, like the one example that I did with the bedroom. Um, I'm a reasonable person. I think things out. I'm also very OCD and clean and organized. So if I'm getting furniture for a room, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to take a tape measure out. I'm going to measure the room, measure the furniture, and I'm going to put together and I'm going to draw it out on a piece of paper to see what fits where, right? Yeah. That's okay. Me doing that was considered undermining him and what he said would work yeah <laughs> no that's that's just a person being smart about something
1: <sighs> it was have you ever gone back and watched that by any chance
0: i haven't it's a little too um was i've say, never
1: yeah i wouldn't so. be surprised if you hadn't because it just i'm sure it triggers things too like just being in that moment and being reminded of how that relationship was it just obviously you weren't happy for a lot of the relationship. Literally, you said the first happy couple visit, you pretty much knew this wasn't going to last. Um, yeah. what, what happened when you left the set that night? Like, I think I think when he said, please stop interrupting me, is when you broke out in tears, and got up and just said, you're the biggest yeah. liar out there, well, he, and, and you walked he away. he
0: put his hand up like he was going to hit me, yeah. and I think that's when they cut the show, like it just cut, um, because it wasn't just a hand up, it was like he was going to, after me. And I just start crying and I went off stage, Chris Harrison, his mic off and I took my mic off and he was in the back and he was hugging me and he, he literally said to me, he goes, I'm so sorry. He's like, we had no idea. He fooled everybody.
1: Did you feel that the show had your back at all during that show or that they just not wanted until to make then. A, wanted no. to make a spectacle? Not until of then. Okay. So not until, not
0: until they realized the kind of person they casted because no, you don't ever want to admit that you cast a bad bachelor. You know, you don't, Yeah. you don't want to be like, damn, we fucked up. <laughs> yes. Our bad. Yeah. No, but it was at that point where they said, okay, you know, we do need to realize that well, we messed up here a little bit. Um, yeah. he didn't. real, he's not really who we thought he was. Um, and we need to have, you know, her, Better her best interest Which I still didn't think they had Because when we did Bachelor Pad um, The only reason I agreed to go on it Is because they reassured me 100% Jake would not be on the show
1: Well that was the next topic I wanted to get into um, By the time the next summer rolled around You were dating Casey Casey mm-hmm. Kale um, You guys go on Bachelor Pad season 2 together And I was going to ask you What was the talk surrounding Jake at that point So you're telling me they said they absolutely. told us 100
0: percent, absolutely not. Jake will not be on the show,
1: and then, will not be on the show. And then he shows and up, and he
0: was. They com- they completely lied to us.
1: So did you just say I want out? Did you and Casey were like I don't, we don't want to be here anymore. Either he goes or we go. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we tried to leave a couple times during the show. Casey and I did, and like there were a couple instances where we were just like we're not doing this.
1: And what was their reaction? Like, no, you can't leave. You're contractually obligated.
0: Basically, basically, yeah. <laughs> gosh
1: um i remember he apologized at some point um did you buy it
0: no he was doing it was just for tv
1: yeah that's kind of what it seemed like <laughs> um so but he ended up I, I can't remember did he just not get a rose or did he leave on his own
0: um no he actually got voted off immediately and then the producers came back and said nope jake's not getting voted off we changed the rules so they switched the rules up and they kept him, but he ended up we did get, get vote him off finally.
1: He did. Yeah, that's right. So he cuz I remember he actually I think won the first challenge and got to go on I think the first date of the season. Um and then okay. No, he, I'm
0: pretty sure he got sent home, but they changed the rules. But they, changed they it. kept him on. Yeah, they kept gotcha. they changed it all up. So one, once once he was gone,
1: I mean once he was gone, you both seemed happier and you and Casey, um dated for a while. Um But that ended. Uh, Why do you think you and Casey didn't make it? What was the? What was? Obviously, it was way less dramatic than your breakup with Jake.
0: Yeah, no, Casey's a really nice guy. I I mean, I actually I adore Casey, and I have absolutely nothing bad to say about him. Uh, We just are different people. So, uh, you know, when it came to like living with each other, he was. You know, he liked to play video games, and he was a little bit on the messy side, and um, and your OCD. So it was. It was more. It was more the. I loved him as a person and as a friend, but when you move in with a person, you kind of learn more about like, can I actually live with this person kind of thing? And that's kind of where, um, you know, we, we did it. I mean, when Casey and I's breakup was, Hey, I don't think this is working out. I think I'm going to move back home to Florida. He says, okay. And I understand. I love you. I'm here for you. Casey actually helped me pack my U-Haul before I left to go to Florida, so it was not a nasty breakup in any way. Um, we left with a, a hug, and you know, that was it.
1: So you're back in Florida, and now you and Casey ended up doing couples therapy with <sighs> Dr. Drew. Which were you broken? Okay, so- were you broken up and trying to make it work, or were you guys still somewhat together? And trying to save, the, like, what was that? No. Where were you in that relationship we, at that time?
0: We had broken up. We were together. We were dating when we signed up to do the show, when they had signed us up to do the show. We were together, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And we had broken up. I'd moved back to Florida. Um, my ex and I had started talking to each other. again. Case, Casey and I had been separated for months, like probably three or four months. And then they came to us and said, hey, you guys are still obligated to do the show. You signed a contract. So we're like, we're not even together. What do you mean we're obligated to do a show? They go, you signed the contract. You're obligated to do the show. And they said, we'll have separate beds for you in the room. And that's how you guys will go in as separated. So that's how we went on the show. Our beds were separated. We had separate beds. Because we hadn't been together in months.
1: I remember. um,
0: It was really awkward.
1: I remember watching that season and really enjoying it. I mean, that that show was, I mean, it's obviously way different than The Bachelor and Bachelorette in terms of what you were dealing with. But, I mean, it was pretty intense. Casey shared some stuff on the show that he had never shared before about his life growing up and his father. Um, Do you feel in the end that you learned anything from that show or no? Um. Did you like Doctor Jen? Did I don't know. Was DMX I mean, cool?
0: DMX <laughs> was super cool. He was fun. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it was more awkward than anything because I, I, you have all these people that don't know each other in a room talking about some of the most intimate things that they've gone through in their life. Yeah, and. I didn't leave the show feeling like oh they helped me. And you know, I I didn't feel that way. And I I don't know. Did they is the show still on?
1: No. Not at least not with Dr. Jen. No. Dr. Drew still does something, but actually I don't even think he has a show anymore. Um
0: Yeah, it was just kind of an awkward.
1: Was was Casey show to want was Casey even though you guys were broken up, and you 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 knew what the rules were going in, and he
0: wanted he to wanted to be back, back together. together. Right? Yeah, okay. he did. And, and that's what made it hard because he he did want us to work on you know to make it work.
1: Yeah. By any chance, do you keep in touch with any of those people? DMX, uh, Linda Hogan, Angela, Angelina? No, I don't. Um,
0: okay. I we had we had kept in touch a couple of things. Um, when the show had just gone off, I'd kept in touch. I'd seen like DMX. I saw Linda a couple times. But um, I do, you know, I've spoken to Angelina a few times. I actually texted her a couple, uh, like a couple weeks ago when I was in New York. Um, so, you know, a few of us do keep in contact.
1: I got it. Okay. I mean, I just, I remember watching it and I, I always liked that. I thought Dr. Jen was really good. I think I watched every season of Couples Therapy. That's why I was kind of into it. And I thought I really liked Dr. Jen. I thought she was good at what she did did you like her did you think she was good yeah she was
0: she was really nice it's just like i said it's um when you see a therapist when you have problems uh it takes you kind of uh, to really like be able to feel comfortable you it takes time you learning about them and who they are and kind of Building that relationship So on a show you're just kind of like Jumped into this person you don't know And they just want you to talk about all these really personal things On national television So it just seemed Very difficult to like Really Open up
1: Plus you guys, you were pretty much checked out Like you were, like said you had started seeing somebody back home You didn't want what the show Or what Casey wanted Which was to work on things and get back together So yeah i gotta imagine that's kind of a different situation for you um, uh let me um, so vienna i there's no real easy transition into what i want to talk about next it's it's horrible um it's something obviously you'll never forget, and whatever you feel comfortable saying you know I'm fine with um for those that don't know, two years ago this august um you lost twins in your pregnancy at five months um do you mind telling people just the gist for those that don't even know that you went through this um you've spoken about it after it it took you a while um you went on the doctors and explained the whole story we don't need the medical you know i don't necessarily need that but just the gist of what you went through and how just awful that was
0: um so i was 20 weeks pregnant with my um identical twin girls you know just to kind of explain it to people uh, my girls shared in um a placenta but they had their own amniotic sacs and we don't know exactly what happened um but what they think happened was one of the girls took more nutrient took more of the nutrients from the placenta and grew larger than the other little girl did. And so I, um, my water actually broke and I went into like preterm labor and
1: sitting on my couch.
0: Yeah. My water broke. I called the ambulance. They took me in. Um, I knew at that point that, you know, I had names picked out for the the girls. Um, and I had the nursery set up and the baby shower was planned. We just had a gender review which was all over magazines. So this was really hard. Um, And when we went into the hospital um, that night, I just remember thinking to myself, you know, I know the girls can't survive at 20 weeks, you know, their their lungs haven't developed. And my mom and I started just Googling and trying to figure out how, how to save them, you know, and what we can do and, the, I was at Carter um, Palmer here, and which is the like, the best hospital you can possibly be at. So, if, if anyone could have saved them, it was them. Um, so, you know, we had read stories where people said that the you know, they were able to um, rebuild the the amniotic sac, like the fluid in the sac, and you know, so for like two days, I refused to let myself go um, to deliver the babies into like like let it happen and let them you know so I just tried to hold them in and try to refill the sacks and uh, the doctors would monitor me and um, I think they knew that there was no saving them um, but they didn't want me to know and they wanted me to you know feel like I gave I gave it as much of a shot as I possibly could. I I didn't want to give up on my girls. And there was a point, um, day two that I started getting a fever really bad. And the doctors had said, because the amniotic fluid is really dangerous. Um, she said that, you know, it can cause me to go into septic shock and it can kill me. And, I said, "Well, I, I need to know before we do anything if my girls are still alive. Because if they're still alive, I, I'm not going to stop. I'm, I'm not I'm not going to, you know, let anything happen to them. Um, so they went and got um, the heart monitors, and they started. And up until this point, they were still heartbeats for the two days that I was in there." and that's what just kept giving me hope that they could it could they could be okay it it could be all right yeah um and i remember them looking for the heartbeats and i just looking at my mom just knowing there wasn't any
1: sorry. no I, you have nothing to be sorry about um so
0: um It was at that point that I realized that they were no longer with me and I didn't realize how bad, um, going into amniotic, um, what is it? Uh, Septic shock or something is like what they called it. Um, what, how bad it was until, um, alarms started going off in my room and nurses start running into the room, throwing ice on me, bags of ice on me. And my parents are standing there and the doctor is telling my mom, if we don't put her in surgery, she, she might not live. We have to put her in surgery right now to save your daughter. And my mom's hysterical and they're trying to keep my blood, um, to keep my temperature down because my temperature is so high that, you know, it's basically you go brain dead is how bad it was. And, and they were just packing. I just remember just laying there. I, my body started shaking and they were just packing ice on top of me just ice and ice and ice and after that they gave me a shot and I woke up after surgery and they had to go in and do a—I forget exactly the term like a dnc or dnc where they basically go in and they have to remove everything um from your uterus like everything that's causing that um that infection and from there
1: I, I was in the icu for four or five more days and uh, yeah you know yeah. i i remember obviously like and you had mentioned it because it came up that like you said literally a week or two weeks before i remember a giant spread in one of the magazines i think it was us weekly that covered your gender gender reveal party and then uh-huh. to have that happen so quickly after um. Obviously, you, I think you took to uh, social media to, you know, make the announcement. And, you know, I'm not going to begin to imagine how one must feel going through something like that. But I kind of just want to ask you, how did you get through it after the fact, not the actual hospital part? But once you yeah. were back home and in your life uh, and this had happened to you, how do you get through something like that?
0: Um, not a lot of people know this, but my mom actually had a really hard time getting pregnant. Um, so she actually had a couple miscarriages before she had me, and she had a couple miscarriages after she had me. Um, my younger sister and I are actually 14 years apart um, because my mom kept having miscarriages and couldn't couldn't carry the baby to full term. Mm. And so my mom was my biggest support because she had gone through this. And she knew, you know, how hard it was going to be on me. She knew the She has felt the pain I felt. And I stayed with my mom for two weeks. I was bed rested for a week. And then I stayed with her for a week after that. And I just, just spent every day with her. And I think that most women that go through this, they don't have support like that, that really, truly understands and has gone through it. And I did. And my mom said to me, she said, this is... You know, having a miscarriage is something that people don't talk about. It's, it's one of those just unspoken things, which is, it makes it even harder because then you go through this just life altering traumatic thing and then you are not supposed to talk about it. And as we know, as we were just talking about, the only way to ever move past something and to heal is to talk about it. That, that's, that's how we heal. Yeah. And and I started thinking about how many other women in the world um, are probably going through this exact thing right at this very moment that I am and how we could be support for each other. And I also were getting, oh my gosh, um, I was getting people sending me, hey, just saw the magazine, congratulations on the girls. And I'm sitting here going, wow, people have no idea. Yeah. And it, it, it's I and I remember laying there in bed with my mom and crying and and putting this you know I put together um, something that I put on social media basically letting everyone know what was going on and um, and I wasn't expecting responses from it you know I I, I didn't realize what was going to happen I put it out there because I, I really the first thing is I wanted people to stop congratulating me that was the oh, the, the, sure. the, yeah. the first thing was. I was getting congratulation text messages and stuff. So that was the first thing. And and then the second thing I saw was, you know, maybe, maybe somebody else that just had a miscarriage or is going through this or has gone through, this is going to read this and not feel alone. Um, So after I did that, I started getting emails and I got phone calls and I got letters from women all over the world, all over the world. I mean, from the UK and Canada, the United States, Everywhere women were writing me, women that lost identical twin girls exactly how I had lost them. Women that just had miscarriages, women who um, had multiple miscarriages, women that had miscarriages and then had aimed had rainbow babies. And you know, not some of the stories were really sad, and then a lot of the stories were really positive, saying you're an angel mommy now, but you're going to be a mommy one day. I. I I'm an angel mommy and I'm a mommy too, you know, and they would send me pictures of their, their kids. And it just became this circle of support for each other. And we would message each other and it doesn't ever go away. And there's, there's never a time that I don't think about them. I, I had a, um, an armoire made for the girls in their nursery, which I still have in my house. And it's still full of all their stuff. I've, not been able to get rid of it um so i i'm able to get by each day it's better it's easier each day but there's some days where you wake up and you're just sad there's days that i go in there and i just i look at the i look at my you know sonogram pictures and and i just i hurt And, and And that's okay. It's okay to hurt. And that's what, you know, I can't live with hurting every day, but it's okay to be sad once in a while. Um, crazy enough, um, that we're talking about this is I got really scared that maybe I'm going to have trouble getting pregnant like my mom did, and maybe I'm not going to be able to get pregnant again. And I've really been thinking about this a lot and it's been really weighing on me And, and I got, um, you know, Instagram is always like promoting like all those companies and stuff. Well, I saw that one that said modern fertility and basically it like, uh, you do your own blood work at home and you send it in. It tells you, you know, how many eggs you have and you know, they kind of give you an idea of how many years you'll be able to get pregnant so that I'm 33. I'm kind of at that point where I'm a little worried do I am I do I have enough eggs in me to get pregnant? And if I do, how many years do I have left in me to get pregnant? Because I'd like to have a couple kids. Uh, so I actually just did this. I put this for the mail today. Mm. And I'm going to be anxious waiting to hear, you know, what it is because I want to be a mom really bad. And um, I've talked to my boyfriend about, you know, us having our own child and then I possibly want to adopt one or two kids. Yeah. I wouldn't even mind. Um, you know, we were talking about the other day. Uh, I wouldn't mind even not not adopting babies. Like I wouldn't mind adopting a three year old, a five year old, a seven year old. Um, so yeah. it'll give me a chance to have that big family like I want.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I it's it's obviously something that'll stay with you forever, like you said. But th- was there a time recently where not that you're over it, but where you felt like? hey I'm, I'm kind of back to my old self like this happened it'll always be with me I've grieved but I'm moving on I'm excited about whatever's ahead like almost like you feel like you're back to the old Vienna anytime and recently we're... no Not no no
0: once once that happens to you you're a changed person yeah. you, you, you never you never go back to who you were before um, they it changed me in some ways in a, you know in a hard way where I, I've kind of an angry and upset um, but then again it also changed me in some good ways um, I remember when I was in the hospital I, I just started looking at life very differently after I lost the girl and I wrote um, in my phone all these things that were my life's goals in life and um, you know the kind of husband and the kind of father I want my kids to have and the kind of mother that I want to be and like, I just wrote down all this stuff and it really changed my perception on life after that uh, so, Oops. I think it. Yeah, you don't ever go back to who you were before. You'll always be a changed person after that.
1: Well, that's good. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I, I thank you so much for for sharing that story because I know it, it couldn't have been easy. I know you've shared it a couple times, um, but just to talk about it anytime, you could talk about that story five or ten years from now, and I'm sure it'll still be emotional for you. I don't know how it cannot be sure. emotional. You know, so you. Have I think it's to hard. Be, it's
0: gonna be harder now because I still don't have kids yeah. um, once I'm I am a mother and I have a child and I know I'm going to be I'm going to be a mom I think that it'll be a little bit easier to talk about uh, but right now I'm still at that point where I don't have children and I don't know if that was my only shot or not yeah. uh, and, and I I don't know how many people know this but I always wanted to have twins my entire life ever since I was a little girl I used to always tell my mom I wanted twins. Mm. All I I said that. So when I found out I was having twins, I was ecstatic. I couldn't believe that my entire life I wanted twins and I was having them. It was like a dream, like mind-blowing dream come true kind of thing. So it's hard because now I understand that the likelihood of me having twins again is very unlikely. And it was something I really wanted.
1: Well, let's let's kind of end this podcast on on a happier note. I want to talk okay. about some things. Um, <laughs> since then, um, you talked about your boyfriend, your current boyfriend. Uh, you're in a new relationship, I believe. Within the last year or two, you've gotten your real estate license as well. You're now—that's um, what you're doing yes. now, right? Correct. Yep.
0: So, uh, my boyfriend and I have been together for two years. Uh, he's a really nice guy. We met through mutual friends. Uh, he's actually a broker. Uh, and I, uh, I do real estate. Uh, you're going to love this. My website is acceptthishome.com and (laughs) my email is will you (laughs) at (laughs) acceptthishome.com. I actually have billboards, uh, digital billboards all throughout Orlando and, uh, it's me and it has a rose and a home and, magic little stars everywhere like a rose creating a house saying accept this home
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, look look at you play i mean it's 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 good to to have make light of everything that went on on your on your time on the show yeah i'm, I'm actually yeah. On your, i'm on your site right now i'm looking at it um Thank let, you. let me help you find your dream home um mm-hmm. and yeah so if you're so in I'm the helping, orlando area right you said
0: yes i'm in the orlando area but i i do all of central florida so I've been working with people. So if anyone's looking to retire to Florida, uh buy a vacation home here or an investment property, I work with those buyers. Uh if you're someone that is uh who owns a home here in Orlando already, um I'm working with people to sell their house, uh which is fun. Uh I've all, I've been tossing around some fun ideas where I was going to do um some open. I was going to do the open houses on Mondays during the Bachelor or the Bachelorette, so they get a viewing party open house, which I thought would be really fun. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to be different.
1: Do you follow the show at all anymore? <laughs> Not really. Not really. I, I'm just, I'm curious. Like, do you do you have a bitter taste in your mouth towards the people from the show and your experience or is it just like because of everything that's happened to you since then? It's just like, hey, it was a part of my life. It was ten years ago. It's like, whatever. Um, I have a different perspective now.
0: No, honestly, it's just not my. It's just not not my type of stuff that I watch. I don't watch reality TV. That's it. it oh. It's it's not. It's because I. It's not something that I enjoy watching. So.
1: <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know if you just had a bitter taste in your mouth. Because no, of the way you were portrayed I, I, and stuff been like that. So,
0: I get that they're doing their jobs. I, I get it. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they they want their ratings and stuff. So, uh, it's been a long time. I have no ill. Uh, uh, feelings towards the bachelor any longer uh but it's the only reason i don't watch it is just it's just not what i like i want to enjoy i don't watch jersey shore i don't watch you know housewives that's i'm just you know i'm kind of a nerd so i watch a lot of docus is what i watch i I literally have youtube on more than anything watching docu series
1: oh okay yeah no that's that's interesting because i don't think a lot of people probably knew that about you um So, um, Vienna, I want to thank you so much again for coming on. It's, it's been a long time coming. I've been after you for a while now. And then when you did a, when you did Olivia's, I'm like, okay, at least I know that she's kind of ready to talk. Cause I think when I first contacted you, it was a long
0: time ago, you'd asked me to do your show. Yeah.
1: It was like right in the beginning of when I did it because it was, I started in, um, December of 16 or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but, um, uh, I'm drawing a blank on when I started, Um, but I know I've been doing it about two and a half years now. So, um, yeah, I, you know, and, you know, we were just kind of going back and forth and whatnot, and then I think everything happened, and I was like, okay, well, obviously she's not going to do it now. She's going through way too much. And then, (sighs) um, but no, I I really appreciate you finally coming around and doing this and and sharing that story and sharing as much as you did because I know that's not easy, but like you said, talking about it, I, I guarantee there's at least one person who's listening today that, you know, maybe isn't public about what they're going through, but I guarantee heard what you said and feels a little bit better or realizes they're not alone on something like this because, um, you know, unfortunately stuff like this happens a lot. And like you said, you have to talk about it because if you don't, it'll just probably drive you insane if you just can't open up. Yeah, and, I just, and it helps
0: you heal. So the, yeah. I think the more that I've talked about it, the, the more I heal. So, um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I appreciate you doing it and uh, again i I thank you so much for coming on and sharing the stories and sharing tea about Jake because everybody's fascinated by that guy <laughs> and what his deal was um including myself <laughs> because
0: i I will give you a little um uh mm, you know I know you like uh to be the first one to know things Ooh, um what do we got oh <laughs> oh you wanna know yeah what what <laughs> So there is a possibility that I might be doing
1: another show soon. Not in the bachelor world, right? No, not in the
0: bachelor world. So I'm
1: guessing it's some sort of in the real estate house flipping thing, kind of maybe one of those deals or? Nope,
0: it's not.
1: Oh, it's it's nothing related to your job either. Okay.
0: Uh, Nope, it's not. So, okay.
1: um, so we should keep an, I, eye, an eye out for this. Huh? We'll
0: be um, potentially starting the pilot soon. So, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I feel a little bit about. I guess my job will be a part of it, but not the whole base around it. Yeah. Okay. But you know what? That would be that would be cool if I had a show called "Accept This Home."
1: Accept this home? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to do anything in the in on TV again, definitely stay away from anything. Well, obviously, you have a boyfriend, but yes anything like that type. Cause there's different types of reality. Yeah, shows. There's, it's co- there's competition it's shows. Time. There's exactly. everything there's on HGTV, competition shows. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. so. if you do something, definitely do it on HGTV. I have one final thing that I totally forgot to bring up okay. when we were talking about this. We were talking about Casey. I, and I, I remembered it while I was interviewing you. Do you remember that we met before
0: you and I? Yeah. See, I vaguely think that I vaguely remember meeting you and talking to you. Yeah. Um, this was Was it at?
1: Go ahead. I want to see if you remember.
0: I was going to say it was at that um the I thought I think we have a picture together, don't we?
1: I can't remember if we took a picture. Um But I think
0: it was at some kind of reality event or something.
1: Yes, it was Yeah. It was like the only reality TV convention they ever had at the LA Convention yeah, Center. Yes. And you were with yeah. Casey at the time, and I had Casey and I had become acquaintances at that point and I was staying at a hotel right in downtown LA and you guys came to my room before you guys went to the event and we spoke for a little bit, but I was like, Oh wait, that's right. I did meet her before long. <laughs> this was God. This must've been the summer. It was basically right before I think you went to go 12, filmed. Maybe? Yeah. This or went 11. This would have been right before you went to go film bachelor pad Two. So yeah, yeah, I think it was
0: 2011.
1: Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Or so ago. anyway, um, just wanted to bring that up. That- that's cool that you remembered. Thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> But anyway, congratulations with everything going on. Uh, again, thank you so much uh, for doing this and uh, definitely uh, keep in touch. Thank you so
0: much for having me on. It was fun. Thanks, Vienna. All right. Bye, bye, Steve.
1: Well, thank you to Vienna for that one. Long time coming. Like I said, contacted her around two years ago to do this and we just never could work it out. And, you know, obviously she went through stuff and I never asked after that after what happened with her daughters in um, the summer of 2017. And then I did about, I think, six or eight months later, and then we just couldn't nail anything down. And then I saw her do Olivia's podcast and figured it was good to go. And actually, I was about to email her, and she emailed me and said, hey, would love to do it. And I was like, okay. So there she was. This podcast brought to you by Protein One. When hunger strikes, just remember this set of numbers, 90, 10, 1, 90 calories, 10 grams of protein, 1 gram of sugar. These are the numbers of Protein One, a bar that's going to fill you up without loading you up. Available in four tasty flavors that will help you kick your cravings. Try Protein One for your next snack emergency. Available at all major retails, Walmart, Target, local grocery store, and Amazon. So, again, thank you very much to Vienna, and thank you, Guys, for listening and subscribing and rating and reviewing, doing really well. We're in the top 10 of all shows on Apple Podcasts in the TV and film category, and our episodes are reaching the top 10 as well. So I have only to you to thank for that. So I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Please continue to rate, subscribe, and review on Apple Podcasts. I don't know what's coming up next week just yet, However, I am going to veer off completely from the reality TV world coming up. It could be next week. It could be in a couple of weeks. I'm not sure. But just to let you know, I I came across something on television, and I want to talk about it. And it has nothing to do with reality TV, but it's coming up, hopefully, in uh, in a couple of weeks or so. It could be next week. I just don't know. Um, I'm in talks with them to bring these this guest on and possibly another guest as well for a week after that one so it's just something that really caught my attention and i want to talk about it so and it has nothing to do with reality tv but it does have to do with tv and movies and stuff like that so um as i've always said you know after a while i'm just gonna run out of bachelor contestants that are worth talking to and um there are other reality tv shows of course that will we'll hit on here and there um but uh, I really I, I really want to venture out and just do some other forms of interviewing with other people, with people that don't necessarily have to be in the reality TV world, and um, hopefully we got one coming up soon. So stay tuned for that. Could be next week, could be in a couple weeks, but I'll obviously keep you updated. So thank you once again to Vienna for tuning in. Thank you, or for coming on. Thank you all for tuning in to podcast number 139. And we'll be back next week with number one forty. So thank you once again, Reality Steve. Signing off, Sam. See you.